So you're listening to Ergo, right? Which we appreciate. But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Did you have a rap name in it? I had a rap name in third grade. What was that? Shelly D. That's pretty solid. <laughs> no, I don't know the D's for. Everybody was D. <laughs> <laughs> this was 86, 87. Oh, Prince Marky D. A whole screw. Heavy D. Just a whole crew of D's. It's interesting to be in this small little room in a completely different city far, far away. But we have a very uh, special guest with us here. First off, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, First and the gum. Take my gum off. That's very appreciated. <laughs> um, We've had maybe two guests who had the gum the whole time. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. My name is Shaleen Rodriguez. Um, I'm an artist uh, from the South Bronx. I'm a pain in the ass agitator, I guess. <laughs> Um, a teacher and I organized with Take Back the Bronx and we run the Bronx Social Center out of 164th and Prospect Ave on the two line. Come check us. Well, first off, I appreciate you making the time to talk with us. Um, we always like to start our interviews the same way, uh, which is how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world in this moment, in this season, this month, this week? Um, the world is, how is the world treating me? Well, depends on what you mean by the world. How do you? Yeah. you that's that's on you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, well, um, the world is treating me well. I'm breathing. Um, I'm eating. Um, I have my loved ones. Um, the the other side of the world mm -hmm. is treating me like shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and how are you treating the world? <clears throat> How am I treating the world? Which isn't um, sometimes the, the also harder depends question. on yeah. the, <laughs> who the world is. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I, you know, I'm trying. I think we're all trying to sort of navigate our current reality. Yeah. Um. But I think I think I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. You know, given the limitations of time and space. Um. Yeah. Trying to turn the tides and keep making stuff. Keep making stuff keep agitating, trying to raise awareness, you know, trying to organize people, yeah. um, having the, the hard conversations, having the hard fights, you yeah. know. Um, but, you know, like, I'm getting over the flu. Mm. So um, I guess when you ask, you know, how's the world treating me? Mm. I think the world is treating us as good as it possibly can, given the fact that the world has the flu. True. Like That's the earth has the flu, you know? The nose is running, a little bit of a, a pretty significant fever on the earth. Se severe back pain, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's you know, she's sick, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. No, and no amount of echinacea at this point <laughs> no, is making the difference. not even. What's your, flu, what's your flu game routine? Like, what do you do? How are you bouncing back from the flu? I mean, not in the best way. <laughs> I'm like, I have no insurance, so you know I've just yeah. kind of drank a lot of Theraflu. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't do the natural shit. No, you're like, I, gotta I just, <laughs> I just like went to the drugstore and said, "Give me that, <laughs> whatever." Stayed in bed, watched too much Netflix. Mm -hmm. Got my comfy movies on deck. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm super excited to be here. A lot of the what the work that we do, no matter where we are, we strive to be place based, right? And so uh, a vast majority of the people we talk to, or at least when we're talking to them, uh, is connected to Chicago. And as mm -hmm. a Chicagoan, uh, I'm excited to be here in New York and be talking to somebody from. I'm surprised actually that Kiss downplayed the Bronx aspect to start off because when we're in Chicago, it's like it's the Bronx all day, and mm -hmm. I, I can't get enough of it. But I was reading a little bit about your work and, and reading your bio, and it just like impacted me in some real ways as someone not from here, but who um, feels uh, responsible for protecting hip hop, like mm -hmm. it locally, but just also what I see happening in the world. It's something I take very seriously. Right. And like reading your bio, I was like, wow. 
if I was from the Bronx, I would be losing my mind right now. <laughs> it tried to to um, not only participate and continue the culture, but um, do the necessary work of protecting it on the front line as it is so important and so dynamic, but also very vulnerable in some real ways. And I see your work as doing that. Um, so as in today, how are you feeling in the same way we asked about how is the world treating you, you treating the world? How is hip hop treating you right now? I always, I always think about Mos Def, <laughs> the intro to his uh, Black on Both Sides mm-hmm. album, you know, he's like, hip hop is going to be doing what the world is doing, you right. know? So, you know, I don't know. I'm a 40 year old woman at this point. Um, which hip hop, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, mm, I think when I think of hip hop today, I think of like the teenagers. I think I see it as the kids in my in my classes. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. it's uh, it's misguided. It's angry. It's um, a reflection of you know capitalist culture, mm-hmm. um, and you know like needs comes a little bit of hand holding and a little mm-hmm. bit of a you know tate quieto. You know? <laughs> um, and it's innovative and creating from scratch and rebuilding. Which, same thing is, always the, is, which yeah. is the building blocks of hip hop, yeah. right? You know, yeah. like, so they are well within the tradition. Right. Um, the other side of hip hop I see is, um, is like a historical moment yeah. where we have like a graduated sort of like um, elite, ruling elite, you know, mm-hmm. with Jay-Z and... You know, I don't know if you guys caught the whole um, Jay Z's pre Grammy brunch, the image <laughs> of the him in the suits and Puffy yeah, yeah. and Swizz and all of these dudes, like you know, fat cats. You know, like mm-hmm. they they are like the ruling elite now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, black capitalism has really, really sort of like carved out its like position within hip hop culture. Yeah. Which makes the work of preserving hip hop as like something that's grassroots and and like people power based really fucking hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like money. Like I had a a, a debate with one of my students the other day. It was like an older student. It was like a GED sort of like post incarceration kind of program where we were debating like um, money, power, respect. He was like, yo, mm. what? You don't like that song? Like, I was like, nah, that shit was whack. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a Puffy fan. I understand why you think he's important, you know, whatever. But that song was whack, you know? He's like, what's the key to life? Money, power, yeah. respect. I'm like, and I just had to like go in, you know, yeah. like, and be like, dude, that shit that's was like, antithesis. like, yeah. that's it. That's it right there, you know? So like, I, I feel like, you know, how hip hop is treating me, hip hop is always gonna love me and treat me well because like I am of a certain age that I'm I'm grateful and like privileged to have grown up with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's sick. Like the planet mm-hmm. is sick, right. you right. know? So if those aren't and I agree, those aren't the answers to, to that question of the key of life stuff. So like for you, what are what would you say like are three of the things? If he's like, if that's not the key to life. What what do you Celine? What do you have for me as the as the other alternative for you? Like what blank blank and blank is the key to life? Ooh, what would you say? We're going deep. We're going in there. Let's get, let's yeah, yeah. Well, you know, money, power, respect. Um, I took issue mostly with money piece, yeah. as a signifier for power and respect. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, and I just dialed it down to the like very essence. I'm like, what the fuck you need money for? Mm. Excuse my language. No need. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you need money because you want you need to buy the things to take care of your family. Right. Because a system has been put in place in order that says you need to like negotiate your your time, your space, your labor yeah. in order to like feed yourselves. Like, wow. and I always drop the scenario like of you know my grandmother raised four generation in the apartment that she lived in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who's to say that some dude, like why Why is it that some dude that lives in Long Island that inherited a portfolio with an address on it? For our Chicago listeners, we can just map that onto like Highland Park, Northbrook, Skokie. <laughs> there you go. Give the, give the frame a reference, you know. Right. Out there, wherever you are. There's always out just there. Mm-hmm. Out there. <laughs> like what's to say like this dude, like, how is that dude the owner 
of the place where my grandmother right. raised four generations. Her blood, yeah. her sweat, her tears. You know what I'm saying? This is a hypothetical. My grandmother has lived in many different places, mm-hmm. but but someone's I'm grandmother saying, raised. But those somebody's grandmother <laughs> in that apartment. lost their her part her partner her life partner mm-hmm. in that house. You know what I'm saying? Like gave birth in that house. You know what I'm saying? Like that right there. Mm-hmm. That is where the value is yeah. in life. That is like. That's important, yeah. you know, and so like this like abstraction of money, and what how and how that's fucked up our whole frame of mind, our thinking, and like the template that has been given to us really doesn't mean shit. So, so what would I replace money, power, and respect with? I I, I would keep respect, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I would get rid of money, and I would say uh, communication, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. And solidarity. I mean, this is on the spot. That's I'm a good sure. remix. Yeah, no, I like that works. remix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, in, in hearing you, like, struggle with and, and give that anecdote, uh, there was, like, a beauty that, that like, kind of radiated off of those ideas. Because when I'm sitting here thinking, as we talk about the dialectic of, like, hip-hop being at this like at its highest platform but also having this like corroded sickness mm-hmm. inside of it uh I, as i look at you and, and 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 i'm learning about your work and you know hearing you describe yourself as a teacher that feels like a new valuable position right like mm-hmm. it's we're kind of just now reaching the point where people who were born in and grew up hip hop are now able to teach mm-hmm. a new generation because it's so young as a you culture you know like it's crazy cuz like I'm still mad at Karis one for defending Africa Bambana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I came up in Zulu. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like I used to cut school and hang out in Bam's house. Like, mm. Um, so it should hurt me. Yeah, on that personal level, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um But I'm still mad at Karis one for taking that position. But he gave us something. Like mm. it was KRS that was like, I'm the philosopher, I'm the teacher. Mm-hmm. And like that positionality is probably the most important Hmm. that we can possibly have at this moment. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell my students, every single last one of y'all are teachers. Hmm. And if you don't feel it yet, you will. Like that's our job. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to pass the baton. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about what kind of spaces you're, you are teaching. Cause I I know you're working with folks in all different kinds of entry points. Um, Mm -hmm. When you, whether it's at the front of a class or in a gallery, whatever the the space is, mm-hmm. where are you? Um, like, where do you feel most at home in a teacher role? Like, who are you talking to? What are you working on? What are you helping them see? What are you helping them make? What do you love to teach? Um, well, I kind of like had like um, this gig kind of fall on my lap, where mm-hmm. like you know I'm not gonna say names of institutions, but um, you know I was lucky enough to work. In, the, in art institutions um, through a vein that allowed me to incorporate social justice conversations because mm-hmm. um, it's like um, what the museum likes to call, this is, you know, a liberal fucking, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. institution. So like they call uh, traditional non-museum goers. And that basically <laughs> means what? <laughs> people who are not coming here, you know, yeah. like, so like I work with sex workers. I work with, you know, people who are incarcerated, people, you know, like undocumented minors that are in custody. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as they should be yeah. reaching out and bringing resources to all That's of these. That's a very funny catch-all term, though. <laughs> it really is, you know, yeah. but, you know, what do you expect from them? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whoever came up with it must have been real excited, though. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm coining a term for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, you call yourself an agitator and you describe how critical you are of institutions, even when you find the space to, like, collaborate or make space for yourself to do your work. Mm-hmm. In hearing something like that, because, you know, this institution not the only one that does stuff like that. What do you think they really, really attract? Like, yeah diversity inclusion accessibility right. no the buzzwords mm-hmm. what do you think they're really trying to get out of this or where they see their benefit i think that there's a lot of um mixed um agendas here there's the agenda of the museum which is um net, which never care about these programs within their own institution but it looks good you know what i'm saying yeah it looks good to the board 
you know, and it looks good as PR. Then there are the people who actually come here to work in those um, departments who tend to be like, you know, like white liberals, do-gooders, you know, like yeah. nonprofit industrial yeah. complex kind of they, people. They did their know? TFA year. They're looking on for their next project. You know, like yeah. some of the people like have been here for a really long time and they actually believe in the idea of the museum being a space for everybody, that it should be. It shouldn't be like, you know, like when I was a knucklehead, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't come in here. Right. You couldn't pay me to come in here because I'm like, they're going to think I stole something the minute I fucking walk in. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like access to um, to people who like would not come here because if you really think about it, and this is artist Shalene talking, like the niggas hanging on the wall, not everybody, but for the majority, like were poor people, right. people of color. You know what I'm saying? Like they were like the counterculture. They were like right. anarchists, Marxists. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they're not really aligned with the ruling class who may run the museum and like are sit on the board of this shit, you know? They're actually more allies to the people. And some of them didn't even know? get their stuff put on the wall till after they died because they wouldn't let them put it well, on the wall. Well, most of them. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. You know? Or like, you know, they want to play up the formal qualities of a work versus mm -hmm. the like... Thematic. You know? But um, so like, you know, there it's not a stretch to want to um, build a bridge between the work that hangs on the wall and different audiences. So mm -hmm. a lot of the people that work in these access type departments, that's what they're interested in. They're artists, they care about that relationship, yeah. right? Me, I kind of feel like I'm an anomaly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was hired because they were like, oh, you are social justice oriented, you speak Spanish, you're from the hood, and you you have a graduate degree in art. Yeah. Somebody was like, yo, you should interview her. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I got the job. You know, I've been here for four years. You mean like you literally don't know who recommended, like? No, I know who recommended yeah, yeah. it, but I don't know how it just like I, yeah, yeah. They you managed. didn't apply. You didn't. You know what I'm it. saying? Like yeah. it's just like okay, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know, like um, you know, it's a it's a very cliche job to have, and hmm. at the same time, you know, that's the hustle for artists right. in 2018. You gotta live. You either are an adjunct professor, mm -hmm. or you are a museum educator, and that's what this is. Yeah. You know. For me, I have a very specific audience. I'm not working with like just any old high school that walks in. I like work with very specific audiences, and I'm I'm still here because of that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like I haven't left this job and went to find another better job because of who I get to work with, because who I get to talk to, because of the freedom of the shit that I get to say. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like so, like it serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. What the institution does, they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? What I do, I'm going to do it. And it's, I'm not fired yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like, man, I'm trying to continue because we could go down the, the political rabbit holes forever. I want to take a second in where we are right now of like the tension of staying true and then participation personally outside mm -hmm. of the politics. Um, how do you stay well and balanced? In doing that grind or always having those plates spinning. Plus all the other things you do outside. And, and, and you're, you know. Well, I'm never here. Oh, that, that helps. That helps. <laughs> you know, it's a gig that sends me out into the field. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, I'm never in the building. So, like, I don't have to deal yeah. with the politics of, like, wearing the button up and all yeah. of that bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you see me here. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that helps. Um, and, like, really, like, think about it. Like, that's what capitalism does. It makes everybody implicit by its nature like that's how it runs you know what i'm saying if i wasn't working here i'd be working somewhere else where like i'd be like this is problematic as fuck yeah the teaching the, the non-profit teaching artist job if that's the gig it's that's all the gig. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. all like that it's all paid through by fucking shadowy foundations yeah they got funny money you know what i'm saying like yeah. everything we eat everything we wear you know what i'm saying is funny money that is you know what i'm saying oh the difference is like whether or not you like it. Like you don't have to like that shit and you don't got to you don't gotta justify it. Right. You gotta just know that is a system and that you have to try to fucking um undermine that shit at every turn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the natural uh, gesture in your life should be undermining hmm. at all fucking times. That's why I call myself an agitator. Yeah. So let, let's let's talk because one way to do that is you know the split between this is my job and then this is what I do. Right. So whether it's mm -hmm. on the craft end or the organizing end, um, 
like where when you, when you talk about doing that that undercutting and that beyond just agitating but the like dismantling piece or or the mm-hmm. deconstructing piece um where right now are you feeling the like push to be engaging like where is the organizing work for you right now where is that what, what's it circling around well um i because i'm just constantly running into young people all the time like mm-hmm. teenagers or people who just like fresh out mm-hmm. you know like um those like one-on-one conversations and dropping gems and like that for me is like super important mm-hmm. in a in a in a more like larger sort of collective sense that's organizing with my crew take back the bronx yeah. and doing the work around like rezoning right yeah. so like we're like really gearing up um for a, the bronx is like yo like when brooklyn happened they were like trying to hide that shit like they were mm-hmm. like at least trying to be like no <laughs> this is actually you know now yeah. it's just like yeah this is what it is and ain't shit you're gonna do about it well because they tried know? to hide it and then people connected the dots and figured out like hi you're doing this and they're like you're right okay you got me <laughs> now they're like well you know the playbook <laughs> stop it. Yeah. yeah so like you know so we are so so take back the bronx we're like a small crew you know what i'm saying but like we have been doing this work enough where we see them. We see the next move before it's yeah, happening. Yeah. The thing about, like, what's crucial about that work is that even if we see the next move before it's happening, unless there's mass mobilizing on the part yeah. of the people, ain't shit you could do about yeah. it. You could be yelling at the top of your fucking lungs every day like an evangelist on the corner. That's like the most frustrating yeah. moment is the, like the identity, the identification only gets you so far, right? Like you can, you can identify what's about to happen and then it happens and then you go, I told y'all it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So in the mobile, so it feels like you're in like the mobilizing state or trying to figure out right. how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So we're in the mobilizing state right now. Um, and this is along the Southern Boulevard corridor mm-hmm. where we have a dickhead named, um, Rafael Salamanca, who's a city council person, mm-hmm. who also happens to sit on the land use subcommittee. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, like we, we've been really working that neighborhood for a really long time now. Um, and, you know, just strategizing and, yeah. and getting out there, you know. But I mean, it's, you know, the left, man, we are like, we dying out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's really, it's really hard to do that work. And so, you know, we just, we just stay on the block. Take Back the Bronx stays on the block, you know what I'm saying? And like, does that work and try not to engage in all the other bullshit and yeah. just like, that's it, you know? It's been interesting, you know, as someone from here far away, but I always like am probably more attentive to what's happening in the Bronx because I'm in Chicago than, maybe not more, but I'm like hyper attentive, right? Because I, I still want to be know what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I mean, that's why I reached out to you, right? It's because I see not just the updates and the information, but I see the like engagement and the craft and the piece and, and how, um, yeah, it just seems like it's all one project for you, right? Like maybe the, the work stuff in here is, is, is one thing on the side, but the, like the way that your craft functions on the art and, and then the, the, the resistance piece, it, yeah, it's in line, it's in line with the show and the people we're talking to. Mm-hmm. So, and it's why I keep coming down to like in this moment, seeing these things, being able to make that identification, like what is the, is it a, a, a craft tool? Is it a, an organizing tactic? Like, what are you feeling excited about like being able to make right now? As an artist. Yeah. Or I, for me, I compartmentalize it. Oh, you, you know, do? But I absolutely see what you're saying because, mm-hmm. you know, it all feeds itself. Like, yeah. you know, um, like... Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we are doing fixing something to that one. Open the door, it won't come out. Sorry? What? Okay. Fixing something. Yeah, just let us know before. Uh, oh, before, before we come out? Got gotcha. you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Why we weren't breastfeeding. <laughs> right. <laughs> For those who were in the, the mother's room at this venerable institution, we won't mention. <laughs> but so you do you do tend to think of it as I compartmentalize it, but um, here's what I always say you know, like the pilot, like, my politics and my organizing work mm-hmm. and my and my my art practice mm-hmm. are their own things mm-hmm. but they are in conversation always right. they bleed into itself you know what i'm saying because you know as an artist like we are always like a mirror right. we are like taking it at all take it mm-hmm. all in you know what i'm saying so 
So of course, like you're gonna feel that shit in my work. Right. You know, it's what I'm thinking about. It's what I'm obsessed with. It's there's nothing else to fucking think about. You know what I'm saying? There is yeah. no there is no other conversation yeah. to be having but these kinds of conversations, which are conversations about strategies of survival yeah. and um and false hope and getting around that shit yeah. or like succumbing to it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um Where do you see that's an interesting term, that false hope idea. Where where is that showing up in your life? Uh, false hope is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, false hope is consumerism. False hope yeah. is the the lotto ticket, which I use mm-hmm. a lot in my work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um it's like that thing that like uh um how do I say this? You know, it just like um, it it keeps the thing floating for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like where you don't have to deal with it today. Yeah. Just a little bit of a little bit. You of know lift. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it like prolongs mm-hmm. the the disappointment. It prolongs like the 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 despair. Mm. You know, by so, giving like a moment of relief from it, a slight moment is the is the short term. You know, what I'm saying that's mm. why, like, you know, that's why, like, the line at the at the at the liquor store right. to hit the lottery to like play the lottery is long as shit yeah. because that bill is still due. Right. And if I play the lottery tonight, it caught me a little bottle. Right. Tonight, I might be rich tomorrow. Mm. And if I didn't hit, then I'm gonna I'm gonna seize. I'm gonna seek that feeling of just maybe, yeah, again tomorrow, yeah, and that shit will keep me afloat, yeah, till the, the till my paycheck come and then I could really move shit around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, just like, you know, like the the maybe, the hmm. maybe if maybe I could, yeah, feeling. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that feeling um, translates to everything in life. It's why I think I, it's why it's so hard to like. Um, mobilize and like mm. build a base right. because nobody want to fucking think about reality yo right. you know what I'm saying like I gotta I just been home all fucking I've been at work all day I gotta go home and cook right. do homework yeah. get these kids in the shower right. and get ready for tomorrow Yeah, like literally what capitalism takes from us so you know back to the money power respect yeah, thing yeah. you know what I'm saying like how about time and space mm. time space respect First of all, just as a bar that works. <laughs> For real, you know? That's excellent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time yeah. and space. That's yeah. really what's the value that's missing here. Mm. We have no time and space to fucking think yeah. to like crawl back out of the pot, you yeah. know? And then the only way that you feel like you might have that time and that space is to then double down on the structures that are creating that need in the first place, right? right. So to have the luxury to take a step back and think and even to organize, you know, for many people is like, the only way you can even get to that point to just breathe and look mm-hmm. around for a second is you've already made so many concessions to get to that point. Exactly. Um, yeah. So in, in thinking about that, how are you finding the time and the space at all? I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, here's the thing. Like, I'm people mad. People want optimism. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you know, the thing is I'm mad broke. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like just live check to check, you know. But this gig that I have is a freelance gig, so I make my own hours. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, if I don't work, I don't get paid. You right. know what I'm saying? So I'm able to move shit around and, like, um, because I don't have, like, a steady nine to five, that frees up some time for me to do some work. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have no kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm super auntie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that, that, that rings true. <laughs> I feel like you I'm like, that game. I'm, I, got, I got five nieces and nephews, but I also am just... Yeah. Auntie, Auntie yeah. cross the cross the board. <laughs> at what Auntie. at what point did you realize that you one thrived in that role and two were comfortable being? Was Auntie? it a transition from big sis to Auntie, or did you jump into? Auntie no, I'm definitely Auntie. still big sis, but I I don't know. I think like maybe the last two years, I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm fucking everybody's Auntie, because I'm <laughs> always scolding people. <laughs> I so, feel like, so the scold equals on. Also, I realized, like you know, like something I like to talk about a lot lately is intergenerational solidarity. Mm. Because I always, I went, I had this feeling all the time that I wanted to just take my belt off and go in on people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like you know, clearly they were younger than me, and um, and I had some feelings about ideology. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into specifics because I don't want to derail us, but. Hey, we got we got this. Fan. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, um, um, 
and then I, I had to I had to dial it back a little bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I guess I'll just fucking I'll just fucking say it, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh something about the way that um people are becoming politicized today that deals a lot, you know, with like self-care and um it's very identity yeah. based yeah. organizing. Um, I do not subscribe to those ideologies. I have very specific reasons why. Um, and you know, I, I came from a very critical position of that, which I think, I think that's a good thing. I think that it's a constructive thing to be critical, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I've sort of dialed it back just a little bit, (laughs) very little to understand that, um, we have something to learn from young people, even if it's, if it's not, if, if even if we're not going to come to terms with the differences in our ideologies, right. young people organizing today, even though like you know that uh, that neoliberal individualistic shit is like seeping in there, and mm-hmm. they need to really look out for that snake in the grass. Yeah. Um, they have an emotional intelligence that my generation hmm. lacked. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's really and it's it is something that I remember you. We the first time we shared space was at this convening. I don't know, six months ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I remember you bringing this up then and, you know, there being a, um, and that was, you know, that was a space where people, it, there was not necessarily that that clash in that space. People agreed and saw the, you know, the limits to like an identity-based organizing mm-hmm. strategy. Um, but for me, as, and I think probably for Dame as well, as people who kind of of that generation came up in some of that framework, um, it was a very welcome challenge. You know, mm-hmm. like it was something that like, I don't know. I, you you may have thoughts on this more more than I do. Just like seeing the limitations of, um, yeah. I mean, I think maybe we we, we should define it before. I don't know. Yeah. What do you, what are you thinking? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the the criticism of identity as a an organizing compass is like twofold. I think the more substantive criticism is the individualism um, and the ability. Um, to seep in privileges that don't like line up with like the black white paradigm or the, the man woman paradigm or the Mm -hmm. cis trans paradigm. Right. Um, The other criticism is then I think the one that I, I get more going out and that's like from the other side of like, we don't want to hear that shit at all. Um, And like, you know, race doesn't matter type thing. So trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. to mirror the two. I, I, yeah, to kind of answer your question, um, you know, I, 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 you know, our so part of an organization called Let Us Breathe Collective. We're like cre- creating a space on the South Side of Chicago, and I call it a liberation oasis or a movement building hub or a black center. So not a black liberation oasis, but a black centered liberation. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, blackness being at the forefront of my politic is not just because I'm a black man, right? It's not just because I want it better. It's because of the historical structures of how race is instituted and perpetuated, mm-hmm. um, I think being the central contradiction to how capitalism was able to expand. So, you know, I, I think what you, the, the concession that you brought in that is really important is that a lot of these intersectional um, ideologies of identity that go very inward and internal do give us an emotional capacity um, because I think as we look at the last hundred years, the last 50 years of resistance, you know, it becomes a lot of like burnout or fallout or like just motherfuckers getting into it with each other because there is a, a lack of understanding of how to check for trauma or how to account for right, power exactly. dynamics. So and I and I and I completely embrace it that. the vocabulary. You know, Where some of the, the frustration some, for unity? some of what I see, though, like, unfortunately, which is why, like, intergenerational solidarity is something I'm pushing hard, you know, is, you know, young people really don't give a shit about what came before them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they have just thrown out the baby with the bathwater, like uh, antiquated leftists. You know, I blame I blame Af- Afro pessimism a little bit, but hmm. whatever. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think like that's that's wrong work. I think Robin D G Kelly really yeah. gets at like gives us something that we can hold on to and see the trajectory that came before us. You know, like if you check out. Um, uh, Black Radical Imagination, that book Freedom Dreams, if you look at Hammer and Hole, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, 
and then, you know, and then on, and then in turn, because um, we don't really understand uh, the way some of this new politics is coming through, you know what I'm saying? And we have our criticisms. We may be, um, maybe that auntiness feels a little too aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Like they like, you know, I would never want to feel. I don't. I would never want somebody to feel like I'm shutting them down and think they don't know anything just because they're young. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they have nothing to bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that is a big monkey wrench in being able to organize across the board, but especially like in the spaces like where it's like people of color and queer spaces. Yeah. You know, like I think we having it out the most right now. You know, and, and I remember you mentioning in in that convening, like in this context of like. Mm-hmm. Um, like white folks queerness being used as a deflection tool from talking about their role in white supremacy or understanding right. or framework. Well, we ain't talking about class at all. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're we not have talking- no, we have very little even language to. Right. There's a reason for that. Right, this yeah. is like the legacy of the United States right. that we do not talk about class. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We don't. We don't. You know, so what was interesting about where you and I met, Daniel, is yeah. like it was that poor people's campaign thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like that's like such a specific moment because, you know, when um when MLK is organizing, he's organizing for poor and working class people specifically. Yeah. And we all know that what comes out of the seventies and eighties and like with this like rainbow coalition Jesse Jackson bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, is just like a black political elite you know, that just are capitalists and like just pushed through the neoliberal agendas and have Grammy parties. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like, so like, I think like, and then, you know, like Kimberly Kershaw and like intersectionality and all these things, this is like legal sort of language. Like, Hmm. and I think it's super useful, you know? Um, But I think also like, it's coming from the universities. It's coming from like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so we need to, we need to, like, I think that, young people today need more class analysis mm-hmm. and need to have conversations and like really know the history yeah. and so not for- fall into this bullshit nihilism where they're like, you know, like social death and like, you know, feel like there's no way out because, you know, you, you neg- like that's a negation of like Yoruba surviving through Santeria. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's like a negation of like black and Puerto Rican kids making hip hop in the middle of burning buildings right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's material consequences to saying to believe in that bullshit. Right. People have incredible capacity to create and live and pass. And I mean, make. I'm saying like life is nothing but like striving right. and like and that and there that's where the beauty that that friction mm. is where the beauty is. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that work in uh, specifically on the craft end for you? Um, that where where do you how do you play with that friction? Well, it's kind of interesting because like. Um, you know, I consider myself like a Baroque artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let the people know. <laughs> I can tell y'all been all, all up in my website. We, we, yeah. Look, an artist statement was stated. <laughs> an artist statement was stated. You fucked me up, though. <laughs> like, you know, say like I'm broke and mm-hmm. I'm a Baroque artist, yeah. you know? Do you know, uh, Bunny, do you know Charlie and Margot? Two instrumentalists. They just stopped playing together, but it's a violin and a violist. They lived here for... 10, 15 years, and they had an album called Broken Baroque, and that shit is raw. Uh, oh, they, I gotta check they, that shit out. They played the strings on uh, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe and some J. Cole stuff. They're really cool. Oh, no, I wanna, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check, send me that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm a broke, Baroque artist, mm-hmm. um, and I also, I like anagrams. So, there are a few anagrams that I'm playing around, which I'll share with your Ooh, audience. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, Baroque being an, uh, Quebrao, which is like uh, is a Caribbean sort of like patois Latino way of saying quebrado. Mm-hmm. Take that D out. Quebrado then becomes an anagram for Baroque. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you know, COINTELPRO. Um, an anagram for COINTELPRO is Necropolit. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing with that one? That's a fun one. What are you doing? With oh, that? it's you know, it's in the work, you know. Like yeah. my work is te- like text, is image, is collage, yeah. is like mixed media. So it all sort of like I, I'm I'm a very narrative based artist, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like I'm always weaving sort of like these scenarios and like moments um 
where these things battle it out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we win, sometimes mm. we don't. Mm. But that's the reality of it, you know? Because I'm a Baroque artist, like I'm like I'm always trying to create like psychological space, you mm. know? Like I'm always like a little bit more there's a little bit of mourning and a little bit of happiness and humor. Like I'm 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 always playing with your emotions. <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, listeners who may not know or are too lazy to Google, um, can you give us like a little bit of, of the Baroque tradition and what does it mean to be a, tra oh, shit. a traditional Baroque artist? All right. So like also like, you know, for me to be referencing the Baroque and then make turning it into an anagram is like an, a decolonial yeah, act. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the Baroque, it depends. Like there's the French Baroque and then there's the Italian Baroque. It's just like a movement of art came from like the 17th century, if I'm like not mistaken. And it was like, you know, painters and artists were trying to uh, talk about passions. And that's what they called it. They called it the passions, mm -hmm. right? Like um, specifically because of Christianity, right. they were thinking about like... Um, like the mourning of the mm. mother virgin on the cross, right? Mm. You know what I'm saying? How do you how do you as a painter show emotion in work, mm. right? For the French, um, their work was like gaudy, is like extra with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was like Baroque, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Like dripping ceilings and shit, you know? So it's just like a it's like um aesthetic, which would mean like um a stylish uh, like a stylistic concern. But like the Italians, because they're mad Catholic with it, you know what I'm saying? That shit was about like being like really out there with the feelings. Just think yeah. about like, think about like the worst novella your grandmother plays. <laughs> Novellas are you know? baroque. That's you know what funny. I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're mad baroque with it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like OD into the feelings. Yeah. Like any of those you know like the, the oil paintings where like the light in the background is like it's very dark. The lighting is so dark like a Caravaggio. Yeah, yeah, and like the. Um, but I don't know. It's like Caravaggio. I guess Mar Caravaggio is. I'm I mean, thinking look, like more like a, like a Bernini sculpture, mm -hmm, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. where that shit look like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like you can't tell if it's an orgasm or it's like right. real pain, Just like you know face, what I'm saying? Like, full of emotion, yeah. Like usually holding Jesus. That's like the yeah. majority is holding Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like it's somewhere in between like ecstasy and agony, mm -hmm. like my man Smokey Robinson said. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he is broke. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not so, broke though. No, no. He's not broke. <laughs> How did uh so how did it how did it touch you or how did you how did you start identifying as such? Um, you know, like I went to art school, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I'm also a Latina, so or Latinx, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never I'm seen 40. roll their eyes through the roof of the room. <laughs> I'm 40, man. Person of my time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, I've grown up in sort of like that those kind of Catholic mm -hmm situations and um that's the perfect name for for being around catholicism it's a situation yeah because it's not real i'm not religious you know yeah. it's a cultural yeah you know like at what point do the things that like live around us become cultural it's right cultural, like and I, it's an aesthetic and it's an, a strong aesthetic a hundred percent like but think about it omg like we ain't even fucking Catholic. We ain't even Christian, and we say it like yeah. Muslims be like, "OMG," yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it just it just enters the lexicon in yeah. a cultural way, and then you just doing that shit. You know, so. what, you know what my favorite response to that is when someone goes, "Oh my god," I go, "Not my god." <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I've been watching a lot of shows with the subtitles on, and just watching like whenever something happens, especially if it's a show where it's like not HBO and they can't say fuck or whatever. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ! And just like seeing how often yeah. it's, it's just it's out just there. Like a, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. It's that's why I also like when they have like movies that have curses, but on regular cable, and they have to do the the dubs. It's like, um, like peanut butter. Like, why are you saying peanut butter? You clearly said mother butter. <laughs> so, I like uh, peanut butter. That's cute. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, peanut button. <laughs> yeah. So I know so. I want to be mindful uh, of your time, and so oh, as we, is it time to do it? we're getting out of here, this is maybe the most important part of. Uh, well, before we get to the game, one last question. Since we are. Um, you know, on the road and traveling and, and you're thinking so, you know, much in, in kind of a, a place-based and on-the-block mentality. If there's one thing for people who had never been to the Bronx, not to go to, I'm not saying be a tourist guide, mm -hmm. but like if one thing that you want them to understand about the Bronx, what would it be? Or a, th a couple of them? Um, 
I might disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, um, I I don't I don't think that there is a particular. I I don't want to put the Bronx in this place where there is like uh, something like mythical about it. You know, the Bronx is the South Side. You know what I'm saying? The Bronx is Gaza. You know what I'm saying? Like we we are you and you are us. Um, but we are the birthplace of hip hop also, <laughs> and so this op- also important. I think that um, there are some people who are very interested in protecting that legacy, but more often than not, there are a lot of people who are interested in capitalizing on that legacy. And so, so if you want to know one thing from the Bronx, we back. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> A Boogie. <laughs> Shout out to A Boogie. Yeah. Shout out to Cardi. Yep. The Young yep. Bucks. You know what I'm saying? See, there you I go. Have to be like there very, you go. I just try to like Yeah, no, it's a new era. Yeah. <laughs> this whole so we thing. have this argument. So I think I think French is really ass. And, and French is ass, but he went to he went to Lima with my sister. Yeah, so no, this is what he does. <laughs> and like and like Fat Joe has done a lot of bad rapping after being a good rapper I, a long I time ago. I can't with him, man. And so we have this debate all the time. Cause I'm like, you know, yo, what, what's what's it with people? Listen, I promise you, I will not become a conservative reformist when I get older. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fat Joe hanging out with the Bronx Borough president and shit. He's a fucking booger. <laughs> See, <laughs> all right. Well, this is giving me some food for thought. And he dis Kaepernick. Did he really? He said he should stick to playing football because he's offending the veterans. Hmm. He said that in the beginning with Kaepernick. He, <laughs> like probably, changed, he, he probably changed his tune now. Because Wow. You know like what I'm saying? No one was asking people's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, anything to get a fucking press mention, I guess. That's very interesting. But right. I still love Remy. Yeah, she's even in a tough spot. Even if even if Nikki even if Nikki ultimately came out on top on that battle, I was still team Remy. It was pretty clear which way that one. I, I yeah, I didn't have much. See much intergenerational there. solidarity, man. Yeah. You're good. You know. <laughs> Before we get out, of here. all right, but that's actually a great transition. It's a it's a what we really here to do. So we you know we had deep. That was just warm up political talk we're talking about you know artistic traditions in the 17th century but Mm -hmm. what we are about is accountability um and aggressive accountability at Mm -hmm. that um so there's a sect of the world that i'm 25 that i say in my lifetime has run amok and ergo radio will not have it and we're going around the world (laughs) putting up a stand and those people are R&B singers. So every week, we like to invite our guests to start beef with an R&B singer and tell us why. Because if you think about it, in hip-hop, right, like the Remy Nicky thing is a, a great example. You jump out of pocket, you do some kind of whack, there's a diss track coming for you. Right. In R&B, there's no accountability. There's nothing happening. That's so true. so we are on a mission to start as much R&B beef as possible in these streets. And okay. so from any era, from Motown, some Smokey, all the way down to... You want me to diss an R&B singer? Beef with an R&B singer. We allow it out of love, but we strongly discourage it. Okay, well, listen, I have to I have to say that I love R&B. As do we. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but y'all new cats ain't got no game. Yeah. Y'all got no game. What is that um, what, uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop said on... Uh, Chronic 2000, whatever happened to loving a nigga with a bus pass? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, really, I don't give a shit how many shoes you're gonna buy me. Yeah. <laughs> and how you wanna do me. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't even say, I think I like you, yeah. and I feel vulnerable, and can we take this bus together to the movies? You know what I'm saying? So y'all ain't got no game. Is there anybody who exemplifies that, that we, we're calling them out? We're Trey Songs. Yep. Trey songs. All right. Do your homework. Yeah. There we Please, go. Please and put your shirt on. Put your got you, you, put you, your shirt on. You Nobody wanna me. see your titties. You understand me. <laughs> to the core of this game. Chris Brown, please. Yeah, absolutely. He's Go in the Hall of Fame. Chris Brown. Of R&B He's the reason one of the main reasons. Him and R. Kelly are the reason this game exists. Oh, R. Kelly should be castrated, actually. Mm, yeah. Can That's we just an option that has not come up? <laughs> just but I'm anti-violent, but I'm not against that. That might be. I'm an not a fucking act. pacifist. I'm not a pacifist. I think there's a distinction. That, I think that, that might be an anti-violent act because let's, let's his body him. is being used so violently. Let's just like let's just draw and quarter him publicly. <laughs> no, stop that playing R. Kelly's music at the goddamn barbecue. 
Yeah. That's it. It's time to talk. Listen. Especially on the radio. Can we talk oh. about accountability before we go real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. for real? Yeah, we on your for clock. Real? We on your clock. Listen. For real, for real. We, it's a joke, but we I'm, serious I'm about it. to say some real shit here. Exclusive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the same way we tell white people to go home on Thanksgiving yeah. and have that hard conversation, yeah. black people need to go home and have the conversation with their aunties and their moms about playing Step in the Name of Love. Yeah. I know y'all love, they love that fucking music, but we need to have the conversation about appeasing this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like that music, we need to cut it out. It's the cultural thing. It's when things graduate into like culture that we stop questioning it. And so it's like, here they go playing R. Kelly and all all the aunties stand up to do the electric slide and shit. No. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not even. Slide to many songs. It's not even about like just taking a righteous stand. It's the fact that the more space we give him, literally endangers black women's lives and exactly. bodies. Because, exactly. you know, if you start to read the stuff that's coming out now, a big part of the psychology of how his abuse is expanding is because he knows the public will support and protect him. Mm-hmm. So that, like, emboldens and empowers him. Exactly. So the more and that we like, listen... really, like, he's got to be, like, is that the monster we have to fight right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And this also goes back to intergenerational yeah. solidarity because now, auntie is asking young folks mm. to step to the aunties. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, it needs to be like that, you know? Just many levels of aunties. <laughs> Yo, man, shout out to all the aunties. Shout, shout out to all, all the, the aunties. aunties. We very often say shout out to moms on the show. Just an individual moms. Uh, but I'm glad we invoked aunties on this yeah. beautiful, <laughs> beautiful shout day. Shout out to the aunties. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with uh, me. My pleasure. People can find you any plugs, any social media. Um, yo, go up uh, Bronx Social Center is having their first fundraiser. Okay. Um, it's called the Night Market on February 9th. If you are um, local to the to New York City, mm-hmm. come through, man. I got mad artists donating mad artwork. There's going to be performances, music, local vendors. Kick us some dough because, you know, we like, we on that fuck the nonprofit life, mm-hmm. which means we yeah. are broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? But happy to be, mm-hmm. to be doing our work clean. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, shout out to the Bronx Social Center. Look us up. We're on your local Facebook account. Oh, man. Um, and Instagram. Your tri-state area Facebook account. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, just type in Bronx Social Center. We'll pop right up. Um, show some love. And your work, anything like that? Anything you want to plug? Um, you know, if you're in New York, um, in East Harlem tonight, on 119th and 3rd, um, at the Hunter College Social Work School, I'm actually having an opening, well, look which at you that. are welcome and to how come. How long is the show going to be open? I don't know. I guess like a month. I never look. <laughs> I'm like, just tell me when to come pick it up when yeah. the show's over. <laughs> like a delivery guy. Like, I'll be there 35 minutes. <laughs> thank you so much for chopping. Cool, up thanks. Room. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you.